my radicalization over the past three women's days. Over the past three what? Women's days. Okay. So March 8th, 2017. Okay, when you cried. Wait, first, no, March 8th, 2017, I participated oh, in... Oh, yeah, you cried last year. An unsanctioned protest, right. super risky, arrests, etc. on Nevsky, a lot of people, loud and everything. March 8th, 2018. You got there late, late and cried. To the sanctioned... Hold on. Don't spoil it. I was late to the sanctioned protest at which there were fewer, way fewer people. It was much calmer. Ended on time, fuckers, which was I was late. And I cried because it's sad. And then March 8th, 2019, I just gave zero fucks and didn't even look for where the protest is. And when I saw the pictures, like the feminist protests these are... Um, when I saw the pictures from like this year's one, there was it was like very few. It appeared to be very few people from what I could see. So that's sad. I don't know if it was like sanctioned or unsanctioned, but it's what I'm saying is everyone's over feminism. Everybody's what? <laughs> everyone's over feminism. Yeah. The trend has the the trend really is that you've never cared about feminism, and then there was one year where you pretended to care. That's not true. Two years, and don't be a bitch. I still care. <laughs> no, and look, look, I'm just saying it was a year you didn't actually care enough to get there on time. I did care. It was a <laughs> it's a different progressive type of radicalization that happens uh, fast uh, and then slow. Yeah, yeah, what do you, what do we do we intro the podcast uh-huh from saint petersburg and uh brooklyn she forgot this is she's in russia i'm lily <laughs> and i'm smith i forgot i was waiting for you all right hi smith and what's today's episode about Ugh, I don't love that intro. <laughs> Whatever, it's fine. No, I mean, like, I I wish, let's not, don't ask me what it's about. <laughs> I don't Wait, how are we supposed to prime? It's so, like, set up, I don't know. <sighs> okay. Just say, don't tell so me. So here's I'll... what I'm going to tell you about today. <laughs> okay, um... <clears throat> Today's the last day of Maslanitsa. Sad. It's Sunday, by the way. It's not Tuesday. Yeah, it's Sunday. Sunday the um, 10th or something. Oh, something. Yeah. And it's the last day of a week of riotous celebrations of pancakes. Shall I say what Maslanitsa is? Yeah. Or would you like to say it? No, no. You, you tell. Okay. Maslanitsa is the uh, spring equinox celebration as well as the um, Shrovetide. Thank you. Shrove, that's uh, British, though. That's not a general word. It's pre, pre-linen. Okay, 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 okay. okay. Pre-linen. It's a celebration of the spring equinox slash the, yeah, like celebratory period before the beginning of Lent, Mm -hmm. which is a period of fast before Easter. 
And I mean, timing wise, it is just that. It's not actually a spring equinox, but it comes from the, the spring equinox. Why not? Because the, the vernal equinox isn't until like the end of the month. Still got like 10 days or something. Oh, well, it's around then. Yeah. It's around. It's not yeah. like because it's now because Easter a, is around then. Yeah. Well, now the the holiday like in Russia, it's a week long uh, celebration. And now it's like timed around Easter. Yeah. Or it's like time. But like, yeah, rather than being because it's like now a more. I mean, it's been Christian for a really long time, but like at a certain point it was about the equinox. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's what Maslanita is. Did you do anything to celebrate? <sighs> yeah. Today, I didn't do like the traditional things that you would do on the last day, but I did eat blini. That is one thing okay. you would do on the last day. And every day, I ate some blini that were homemade at my work on Thursday. And then I ate some blini today at this like blini fast food place. You know, Terramilk. I think they have Terramilk in New York now or something. Oh, what did you have on them or in them? Um, uh, like creamy mushrooms in the savory oh, one. Savory. And I had one savory one. Sweet. Okay. <laughs> creamy mushrooms in the savory one and sweetened condensed milk. Wait, yeah. Do you want to explain what blini? What Terramilk is? Yeah. I mean, blini are like crepes very thin pancakes um they're they thicker be... than crepes though aren't they not really no they shouldn't be okay i mean unless i don't know maybe i'm not a i'm definitely not a connoisseur of crepes i've had like one in portland so I don't yeah know. i feel like the um, crepes are really thin the, in my mind they are really thin blini are really thin okay when have you had blini when did i have it yeah i don't know never maybe you had some like bastardized ones and they were like pancakes i mean i was looking at pictures online today and some of them were thicker and were like pancakes kind of oh those are probably like these other things that are called uh, uh, i forget what they're called but they're more like pancakes but bellini are like very very thin they can have yeast or not but they're like quite wobbly and usually when you have them like if you make them you make like a fat stack of them and it's like, yeah, maybe I just don't yeah. know what a crepe is. Crepes are invisible. So did you feel pretty pagan while you were eating your blini or what? No, I felt like a modern Russian. Oh. I felt like modern Russian cuisine. But um, yeah, I'm starting to actually the blini is one of the most pagan things, though. I'm starting to like realize as I like read more and more about it, that it's sort of it's really, really quite hard to like parse out the what came pagan from pagan and the christian parts yeah because like yeah. christianity has been in russia for so fucking long or like you know the russian other places that aren't just russia now that um not practice muslims but like what is it called celebrate observe observe muslims. um i'm just gonna observe this holiday through by binoculars so <laughs> <laughs> anyway i mean i Okay, are you going to say something about the pagan aspects? Oh, I mean, I could just talk about a little bit of the things that supposedly they did. I, there wasn't much information on it in English. Um, and so... And then I'll tell you, and then I'll myth bust everything you say. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> basically, the they said the majority of what we know about the 
holiday comes from like archaeology, medieval monks, um, and observations of rituals that happen today, which is, I guess I just never thought of this, but that's such a cool thing to think about that observation of things that happen today, like are what happened before to like look at something that's happening today and be like this is the only way we know that this happened way back in the day because nobody wrote it down but we continue to do these celebrations right but then they get like morphed in various ways they get morphed don't really know right but it's just like cool concept to think about like fairy tales and folk tales as like just looking directly at a primary source of history yeah or I really like that with this holiday, too. I agree, because like it feels like, okay, for example, it feels like some of the rituals in the holiday are like not pseudo-pagan, but as though they have just been practiced and practiced like under Christianity or even were like more kind of focused on during Christ, the Christian uh, period of, let's just call it Russian history. But they appear to be pagan, and so people like attribute them to this proto pagan kind of tradition. And one of the things that is, is the um, tradition of burning an effigy, which in Maslenitsa, the last day, like today, what we technically, what I technically should have, what I technically should have been participating in is the burning of a, it's usually like a sort of scarecrow looking thing, like a straw doll that's like, it can be big, it can be like the size of a person or it can be bigger, mm-hmm. um, depending on the efforts of the people involved. And it represents winter. And so like the the sort of uh, common knowledge version of the story that people will just, you know, that people have told me many times um, is that, yeah, like this effigy, Chuchella, Chuchella, represents winter and burning it is basically just like the saying like we're done with winter and now we're opening we're like getting ready for spring and summer because now like again the solstice now the days will start getting longer blah 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 not now but in 10 days um first of all that tradition obviously like seems pretty pagan right Mm -hmm. and and it probably kind of was but the other thing like immediately something to add is that that tradition is what's mainstream now like burning the effigy but in other parts of russia and like former Russian, I don't know, empire lands. There are different traditions specifically around that effigy, like a funeral procession in some regions. Did you read about all of the, like, the death mem- memorial stuff? Mm-mm. So it turns out that Maslenitsa is actually like, I mean, this isn't a contradiction in the minds of like the people at the time, but like ancient practice of, the ancient practice of Maslenitsa as far as people can tell, has always been like a celebration or originated as a celebration of the dead or of ancestors and a celebration of spring. And that that wasn't like, mm. those aren't, con- aren't contradictory. The, the dead, like the, the celebration of the ancestors ends up playing, I mean, if, if that theory is true, it ends up playing like a key role in sort of like every ritual aspect, almost every ritual aspect of the holiday. Because like you have blini. Blini are for whatever reason, like a traditional food for funerals, brought, like, consumed at funerals or something. And I can't remember, I feel like we talked about this when we did the Christmas episode. Like, there was, 
there's also some kind of ancestor worship night during the 12 days of Christmas. Yeah. There's some demon thing. It's kind of like Halloween or something. Yeah. Which they also do with Maslanitsa, right? Like dressing up as. Yeah. There's also. Yeah. There's also. creatures. Dressing up. But I feel like it's more about celebratory stuff and like games and different. Yeah. Different various like. Just various social gathering things, like public gatherings, sleigh riding, etc. activities. Yeah. But the, the Blini, I'm just bringing that up because I feel like the Blini, I remember us talking about that before. Like, the reason that Blini are an important food for funerals, so I think is, like, one of the reasons that scholars have pointed to is just it's, like, one of the most ancient foods of the Slavs or yeah. something. It's, like... A really ancient food. Yeah. And one of the, like, myth-busty things is that people, Russian people will, will say this sort of pop culture knowledge that, like, the reason Blini is associated with Masanitsa is because it's round like the sun. <laughs> yeah. It's round like the sun. It's This is a holiday celebrating the spring equinox. This is actually, like, a sun-worshipping holiday. And all of that is true. But that is, like, a step that, or at least some, I think, I think that myth has been like officially broken. I don't know, but like that step, like Blini equals sun, isn't part of the equation. But the fact that like the holiday is celebrating spring and sun is is true. I mean, so. yeah, we don't know though necessarily, right? Like, how could they prove that? It's it seems like such an arbitrary statement or like general statement that like it could or could not be true. Well, because it could also be true as like a double meaning. Yeah, but why not? It's definitely true that that's like this this death aspect of Maslenitsa that that has like gone from popular imagination right now. Yeah, that like originally well, was there. That's why there's so much bleeding. Seems like it's an ancient food because it's like really simple and you can make a lot of it at once. So if you're trying to feed a lot of people, it's like a good thing. Like you get warm food, right. but it was easy to make. the The article I read claimed that it's the oldest surviving holiday in Russia, which is also kind of cool. And, and like you said, not just like it being oriented towards the sun, but like with many like spring equinox celebrations, it's a focus on the coming of spring and like general fertility. And one, this person said indulging in gluttony to ensure future bounty. I'm not exactly sure how that works. Um, they hmm. did talk about the effigy thing, but they also just referenced people lighting bonfires. So I don't know, like, if pagans were like probably doing some sort of fire ritual process um yeah moving in a circle in the same direction as the sun those sorts of things which you know who knows when that actually started happening but russians at the time during the pagan times were polytheists or shamanists do you know what's the difference there shamanist well, I think you could be polytheist and like have that just means having a lot of gods, right? Yeah. But then like and, why and is that opposed healers. to a shamanist? Like a shaman shaman maybe a shaman is like people don't interact directly with the gods and they're everything's like funneled through a central person. No, no, I think it mm, not necessarily. Just that it's I feel like they're just saying it's like it's a culture that both has multiple gods and has a shaman figure which isn't always the case i guess right well yeah but they're saying this person posed it as like uh opposing. contradiction yeah okay shamanism Hold but on. we're about to read from wikipedia 
Shamanism is a practice that involves a practitioner reaching altered states of consciousness in order to perceive and interact with what they believe to be a spirit world and channel these transcendental energies into this world. Yeah, so there's like mm-hmm. a central person that's funneling the... Yeah, but no, not necessarily... I don't... Because you don't necessarily have to like interact with the shaman in order to like pray and stuff. It's just like... It's the shaman is like is able to interact with but, the spirit world in order to like but heal it's like people the same stuff. okay, but it's like the same relationship that a priest has, sort of I just it's no. not like you have to like go to the shaman's house and like right, every but weekend like you and, like, can pray pr- you can pray at home all the time, people do that all the time, and then you also have a priest who's like the word of God, okay, it's comparable to the figure of the priest in that they're like more connected, yeah. Regardless, like, I mean, is the contradiction important for something or not? No, no, just I came across that and then I forgot to look up what the difference was. Mm. Oh, and the the length of the celebration this person claims is that it happened in the seven days leading up to the equinox and then in the seven days after the equinox. Okay, yeah, I think, yeah, I also read that like more, even even post-Christianity, there was a period of time where the where Masanisa was celebrated for two weeks rather than one. But now it's like a set one week and there's like specific, I don't know, we can get into that later. It's not the most interesting thing, but like specific things on specific days that kind of correspond with like the more modern version, which is still, yeah, a week. But it's like now people just generally, at least people in big cities don't um, really participate in any of the rituals except for like Blini and games. Blini, I would say probably mostly Blini and then like those, if you gather in a public space, there'll be those like Haravod, which is those like circle dances. Okay. And like maybe people will be wearing like kind of, you know, like uh, folky outfits. Yeah. Scarves. Girls will be in their Russian scarves and shit. And then uh, the last day, like burning the the effigy. I participated in that. We did that at Reed once. I don't know where you were. You burned an effigy for Maslanitsa? Yeah, I vaguely, I have a vague memory of that. Yeah, and like I was wearing a scarf and everything. (laughs) (laughs) Colorful. That's a good activity for a liberal arts school. Oh my god, yeah. But like, yeah, and like that happens here on like the public. I think it happens on a public scale if people want to organize that kind of thing in like a park or something. But then, but it's like kitschy and like fest. You know, it's like. Like any public gathering. Yeah. Kitschy. Yeah. Um, but then like like my experience of it, I think it was last year that I was I had like a private <laughs> burning experience at Polio's Dacha that was really nice. Where like we spent the day making the chuchello. Okay. Um, out of branches and stuff. And then it stood for a little while and then it, after dark you burn it. What does that word mean? Let me just look up the literal. I think it literally means like like scarecrow <laughs> i remember when nasty was like we need to go gather like twigs for the chuchello and i was like okay and i didn't know what it was <laughs> when when uh polius last that? year oh last year well it was nasty it was with nasty but yeah oh. it, at polius place yeah and like because we she and i poly was i don't know she was busy doing something and so we were in charge of building the oh the chuchello and i was like okay and then i had to like figure out i was like what is it so, um it's translated as like scarecrow effigy dummy stuffed animal i don't know about that mm. okay anyway actually something interesting about the what we were just talking about with like the burning rituals and 
the sort of pagan or part of the pagan aspect with this like fertility, this fertility aspect of the holiday, again, like not in contradiction with the ancestral rem remembrance, is that the Chuchello, um, according to Vladimir Prop, who's a very famous like folklore scholar. Um, let me just open my notes so I don't fuck this up. What did you say, Prop? Oh, Prop talked about the burning of the specifically the burning of the Chuchello as a fertility ritual because like so in the case of like um he's talking about you know like a peasant it doesn't necessarily have to be that ancient but like an agriculturally focused culture like when you talk about fertility what you really care about is in addition to caring about humans like giving birth and stuff is it's about the harvest and about like ensuring that the next harvest is going to be good right. and um, you have all this dried hay that you make this doll out of that represents the like dead, you know, whatever supplies of this year and you're burning it, um, and scattering the ashes on the field, which are supposed to like help the next harvest. So that like connects it to the fertility and prop also associates this like land fertility with the commemoration of the dead. And he explains that connection by saying like, since people believe that the ancestors were located in another world and on the earth, like simultaneously, that they somehow, because of that, they somehow could affect uh, the fertility of the land because like both of those things are just like not, like they didn't know at that time, like, you know, they couldn't explain like why a harvest was good or bad. Maybe he's talking about the time before that kind of scientific okay. <laughs> analysis. So he's saying like, it was believed that like, when you're focusing on, you know, ensuring a good harvest or something or making the land more fertile, then you also need to make sure the ancestors are happy and, like, give them attention and, like, praise them so that they also make sure that, like, the fields right. are going to be bountiful <laughs> this year. Appease them. Um, oh, also, I we're, like, talking about all this stuff, but we, I forgot to mention that, like, pre, I think pre-15th century, um, New Year's was celebrated in March. So it's also the New Year. Oh, interesting. Okay. And that that actually makes sort of more sense when you think about all this like renewal and stuff. Yeah. It's like Yeah, that's that's a nice thought of having the New Year be the beginning of spring. That actually makes more yeah. sense. Like just intuitively. It really does. I was like, it's like the new sun. The new year is like the new sun. Yeah. It's like a new yeah. light. It's the beginning of everything. Like, why would you make the new year in, like, a weird time after the winter solstice when it's, like, not the darkest time, but it's still pretty dark, <laughs> and it's going to be shitty for a while still? It's, like... Yeah. I mean, I guess I guess that's the theory, then, is, like, it's... Well, <laughs> there's, there's a real reason that, that our calendar exists as it does, but we don't know that, so we're just going to bullshit. But you, you can also make the argument, yeah, the days are getting longer again, but you're not going to be able to tell because you're, like, a little mouse until, like, March, basically. Oh, okay. I see. The days are getting longer, but they're still way like they're still the minority. And like in the spring, they start to become the majority. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it just depends if you're a glass half empty or a glass half full society. Uh -huh. Okay. And then the Chinese New Year's. Who knows what's going on there? Nobody. Only about a billion right people. Dab. <laughs> right smack dab in the middle. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and also in terms of like fertil these these rituals around like fertility and new beginnings there are all these like different 
Did what you read talk about all these different marriage and like matchmaking rituals and stuff? Yeah, I, I saw this. I just know that like, again, remember, Christianity's in Russia since 900 something. So yeah. it's still ancient. So that's the thing that like, I don't want to separate too much and be like the Christian traditions versus the ancient traditions, but like old time traditions in like, you know, most of Russia, the, the thing that we're referring to as Russia, which is like rural, mostly villages included again like different variants of these types of matchmaking rituals on during Maslenitsa with the goal of like you want to get married people wanted like couples want to get married the Sunday after Easter so they want to get hitched up before okay yes and that it's bad luck oh and oh my god wait I need to find this thing because it's really ridiculous this is like a Belarusian I think or like southern region tradition um belarusians and ukrainians oh belarusians and ukrainians also have this tradition which is okay so it's like considered bad the ancient tradition is that it's considered bad to like not be married um you know as you start the new year okay another year failed Uh. so (laughs) single single men and women (laughs) yeah So sing or or engaged at least so that okay. you can get married the sum- the Sunday after okay. Easter. Um, single, <laughs> in there is a Slavic ritual like mostly associated with Ukraine and Belarus, um, where single women and men are probably more like girls and boys um, <laughs> have a wooden block tied to their feet and they're made to like walk around the village with this like dragging this block to signal that they're single. To signal, yeah, that they're like being like ritually punished, you know, like symbolically punished. Oh, and was it humiliating or was it funny? I don't, I don't know how people like actually felt about it. Let me see if there's a picture so I can see their faces. They look like they're having fun. (laughs) These boys are running. They're having fun. Skippity-doo-dah. I'll send you a picture. Okay. (laughs) They are loving this. Loving the single log life. Once we get to the period of time where, like, Maslam needs to last a week, it becomes divided into two different periods. Do you know about this? Mm-mm. It's called narrow Maslanitsa oh. and wide Maslanitsa. I don't know why. Okay. Um, so narrow is the first three days, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And because it's, it's, I guess it's always set up to be, like... What era are we in now? On a Sunday. If it was celebrated for two weeks up until the 1600s, then maybe we're talking post post 1600s-ish. Okay. So these are like some of the like rituals that start to like stick for the week-long version. Um, this like division into narrow and wide, which is the first three days, the narrow days, you still like work and um, you're not fully like just like pigging out all the time. <laughs> yeah. So the first three days you're still working. And then on Thursday, there's no, no, you don't, people don't do any like housework or any other type of work and it's just like public celebrations okay but for each of the the first day starts with making blini and for each of the days there's sort of like a different particular ritual or like thing you're supposed to do so on monday is greeting day so i guess that's where you get um well first of all you're making a lot of blini to like give to people and you're going around and saying hi okay why hello <laughs> have a pen. Uh, <laughs> And the first pancakes are given to the poor 
and in remembrance of the dead, according to this one paper. So there's the dead connection at least at this time. Why is that in remembrance of the dead? <laughs> yeah, close to dead, obviously. Because like charity. I don't okay, know. Lily, still not. Charity does not link to death. Okay, well, maybe this person is full of shit. Okay. Um, and then also the first day you make Mrs. Maslanita out of straw and old materials and clothes. Okay. Mrs. Mrs. Winter. And then Tuesday is like playing day. And it says in the past there it was a day of the of like other matchmaking activities, whatever. Um, like kind of coming out not coming out is that the word? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What it is when you like offer a girl. I think it like, is my girl's ready. Yeah, I think it is like a coming out celebration, yeah. I think, right? Okay. My my girl, she's a lesbian. <laughs> she's freshly. <laughs> Wait, what is what does he say in the Serranos? Who in the Serranos? Like my daughter. He put his that one. Yeah. He put his dick in my little girl soccer teammate. <laughs> <laughs> he put his dick. He put. He's my dick. He put his dick in my little girl's soccer teammate. Uh, right in her soccer teammate. In his soccer teammate. <laughs> my oh little my girl's soccer teammate. <laughs> my little girl's soccer teammate. <laughs> anyway. Um, um, do you want to know what happens on Wednesday? Yeah. Oh, you. Oh, wait. Before we get to Wednesday, you're going to like the fact that. Oh, no. This is Wednesday. Wednesday is your day. It's Sweet Tooth Day. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what do you get to yes. do? <laughs> well, there's no details here. Oh, I guess eat a lot of sweets. Right. Sorry. Um, With, without guilt. Yeah. But the other thing on Wednesday that isn't connected to you is that um, in this like older traditional time is the tradition of the son-in-law is like ritually invited to eat um, at the mother-in-law's. Eat. Yeah, eat blini prepared by his mother-in-law. Yeah. So they are, yeah, they're in-laws. And they're, like, showing how, you know, family, everything's fine. Like, I love my son-in-law today. Um, and vice versa. <laughs> then we get to Thursday, which is, like, when it starts to be, like, woo, wide masonate's a party time. And there's, like, a big feast and revelry. We actually really followed that this year by having our large food celebration at my office on Thursday. You guys, what else did you guys have besides blini? Sushi with a lot of cream cheese because we're in Russia. Um, so mostly cream cheese wrapped in rice and seaweed. <laughs> Yum. <laughs> with a little bit of fish. And we had Georgian food. That was like a really oh, nice surprise nice. to me. There was like, there was like hinkali and those little, remember those like colorful spreads, pali? It's like made out of ground nuts. Walnuts, and like yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Georgian sushi, some pies, like stuffed pies. Okay. Piragi and blini. Nice. Everything was catered was it, except for the It blini. was like fully a party or it was casual? I mean, it was like, it started at 6 p.m. So like lots of people were still working, but there was alcohol. So oh. people were drinking. That sounds yeah. nice. We had a feast, but also we were kind of like co-celebrating Women's Day. And there was like a couple of. A couple of people uh, gave toast to, I hate to make fun of her because it was our office manager. She's very sweet, but um, she was like, I just want to like have a drink, like drink a toast to like our lovely 
women, like the ladies of the office are just like, you're the decoration here. Or something <laughs> like that. It's like normal in Russian to say like, you're the decoration in that context, in that like normy traditional way where uh, they, she just means like, you're beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're just the decoration of the office. And I was just like, <laughs> and the ones that run the company. <laughs> like it like <laughs> the camera pans to you and you're like eating Georgian food off a plate. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Soup dumpling half in your mouth. <laughs> don't try to make my gluttony, which is my lack of decoration, the issue here. <laughs> that is not the issue here. And then our like current head of whatever stuff like made a kind of awkward speech where he was like all women and like people and everyone and I was just like, oh, stop it's not working like he's like he like said trans I think he said transgender at some point he like said <laughs> you're like we don't have any trans people here. I was like there's like <laughs> there's like only like one gay or two gay people who work here and just like you know that you don't need to like Make us feel like we're not particularly we're not particularly diverse. So <laughs> it was just like he was like trying. He was trying Aww, to be well, like extra pieces. It's, it's hard, sweet, but <laughs> you don't need to do that. Sorry. But yeah. Also, just like in that context, feels like uh, it's like as soon as somebody starts trying to do something, they just like completely yeah. go too far yeah. and ruin it. It's like the guys thing a little bit, but not as bad. Right, yeah. Sorry, the guys thing is not as bad. Correct. Yeah, maybe we should do a quick PSA about that. If you're a man and you address a group of people as guys and there's women in that group, just, it's fine. Yeah, don't be like guys and gals. Yeah, yeah just, like, you don't can just force say guys. It. Like, they, the women in the group, there are some women that it bothers, but, like, if you're gonna... If you're going to use a gender neutral term, then use that from the get-go. But if you fuck up in your brain and say, guys, just it's okay. I mean, the gender neutral term that like a lot of what like lefty people use is folks. Yeah. And that's fine. Yeah. And not just lefty people. And that's great. But if you don't. Yeah. Again, like if you make that mistake and then you pause and then you're like, and ladies. <laughs> it's horrible. See, the problem is it's not like what Smith uh, just experienced in her own life is that when she was the only female present, is that it doesn't, like, make her feel included. Yeah. It makes her feel the opposite. Yeah, it's like I thought I was one of the guys until you pretended, like, until you yeah. you made it clear that I wasn't. I was feeling... Meaning you thought you were one of the team, yeah. which is, like, what they're trying to address. Right. Yeah. Hi, team. <laughs> and Smith. <laughs> and Smith, who's not part of the team because she has a vagina. <laughs> we think. <laughs> we think, but we're not positive about that, actually. Okay, so what happens on Friday? Wouldn't you like to know? I twist. Oh, Friday, there's like a flip of the... So now the mother-in-law... Oh, wait, so this is good. Okay, so the... (laughs) Now we're really getting into the good stuff. This is the exciting part. (laughs) The mother-in-law goes to the son-in-law. She's already fed him Blini back on whatever day, Wednesday. Okay. And so now it's sort of his turn, but because he can't, for fuck's sake, in this like little story, make Blini himself... Her daughter, his wife, right. makes the leaning. Yeah. Um, yeah, whatever. But then he Slut gets over. credit for it. But then he's like, Yes, I have I have uh, offered my my mother in law blinis. And then he and then that's it. 
Oh, wait. Saturday is the sister-in-law's gathering. Um, young wives invite her husband's... Young wives invited her husband's sisters-in-law and his other relatives. Young wives invited their husband's sisters. What? <laughs> that would be her sister. <laughs> okay, who cares? Um, and then we get to Sunday. Oh, one thing I forgot to say about Sunday. In addition to burning the... Effigy. Effigy. Sunday in the like Orthodox tradition is Forgiveness Day. It's a day that both people can ask forgiveness of each other. Um, traditionally, you would ask forgiveness also of the ancestors by going to their grave and leaving Blini. All right. <laughs> Good. At some point, I don't know. If, I wonder if people still practice this. There's also a tradition on Sunday of having a nice banya. Oh. Now that you've like spent the day eating like a pig and you're about to go on to Lent, you need to cleanse. The only other thing I feel like I came across is is talking about like why the food is the way it is, which is that you're not supposed to eat animal products during Lent, which I didn't know. Well, no, it's more in the Orthodox Church; they're like more strict. Okay, not in the Christian. Okay, church. Um, and so the week leading up, the pre Lenten week, is supposed to be like really heavy and like dairy and cheese and uh, eggs and stuff. Yeah, because. I guess you can't eat eggs, meat. Wait, you can't eat. No, I think you can't eat meat. You can't eat any animal products, right? Yeah, I think that's what it said. In, and you can't even eat meat in the pre-Lenten week. So people are eating a lot of dairy and eggs to make up for the... Yeah, so people... So, like, I definitely know people who, like, today are various levels of religious, but, like, might be observant of Lent, for example. Mm -hmm. And so they'll... And then, yeah, so they'll, like... I think a lot of people do it as a way to, like kind of like what i'm gonna do with like a way to like be kind of traditional but also go on a diet yeah. <laughs> that makes sense yeah so you're consuming a lot of like butter and yeah wait doesn't maslanitsa mean like butter or something yes okay so why don't i tell you about the word maslanitsa yeah it comes from masla masl the root masla is the word for butter and oil okay like both of those words because you sort of have to have an adjective in a way i mean it kind of more means oil and like Cream, Slivichnaya Masla is cream oil, and that is what, and that is butter. <laughs> um, <laughs> what I'm saying is, wait, like, wait. if you just say the word Masla, it means oil. Okay, so what's the word for butter? Slivichnaya Masla. It's a long word. Two words. Okay. I know. And that butter. means cream oil, <laughs> really? which means butter. Okay. Butter. Okay. Um, and then if you want to be specific, like uh, olive oil or, you know, like canola, um, coconut oil, then canola. Yeah. Well, they don't, they, people use sunflower seed oil here mm. more than canola. Okay. Let me get back to Maslanitsa. Okay. So first of all, tsa is just like a noun ending. Okay. It might be kind of diminutive. I'm not sure. And uh, according to wherever I read this thing, starting in the 15th century, you start seeing um, these words for this period before Lent that include mossel. And you see that, like, they include the word for oil. You see that, um, I mean, in written documentation. So it could you have been think, happening You think there's any that. sort of connection between mossel and mossel? Mossel, moss, it does come from the word, the word oil comes from the word mazet, which means spread. Okay. And what is that? What is your word Mazel mean? means, like, congrats. Like, good wishes. Yeah, I doubt it comes from the word to spread. But what if it means to spread good wishes? That would be cool. 
The expression comes from the Mish- Mishnaic Hebrew mazel, meaning constellation or destiny, which may be related to nozzle, meaning to flow down. Mm-mm. They're not related. Yeah, it seems not. Okay, but the other thing that's cool is that the old church language for that week was also, like additionally, was called like cheese week. Okay. But the word for week was sedmitza. It's like a more ancient word and it means sed, sedmo is like seven. Okay. So it's just like seven period, seven mm. day, whatever. Um, so if you have this like cheese makes sense, similar meaning like this time when you eat these animal products. And then the, but it's sedmitza and I feel like that might be also why it like was easy to transform um different various like variations on masla to maslanitsa sounds similar and then you also have um a name for this period before lent called masla pust which means literally like missing butter like without butter (laughs) which sad is confusing because or that that is actually masla pust is specifically the last sunday before lent okay um when i guess you're supposed to traditionally have finished the butter already by that point (laughs) or it's at least the last day um and then it's again i feel like it maybe is a combination of like masla and this like old word for week sid meets okay and they just like put them together possibly but i made that up there was one other thing since you brought up a hebrew word i just like in looking up this stuff realized that okay so the russian word for easter is pascha okay and it comes from what do you think or what do you think it's related to? What 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 Hebrew It's kind of word? hard. It's going to be hard for you. Well, not well. Also, English word. It kind of sounds similar to the English word. I don't know what the word is in Hebrew. It just sounds like pasta to me. Oh my god, pasta. Yeah, <laughs> pasta. Good job. You guessed it. It's pasta day. Yay! <laughs> no. I did pasta look at from. Okay, go ahead. It's from the Greek and also Greek, I think it's like pas. It's really similar. Maybe it's also just pas ha. Okay. The Greek and then Hebrew word for Passover. Oh, that makes sense. Which is really interesting. Wait, wait, wait. So explain that connection again. The word for Easter is the same, comes from the same place as the word for Passover. Yeah. And it turns out that Passover, maybe, I mean, this is probably like. Jewish people know this, but it's just a revelation for me. But I just like, since Passover is a celebration of, or like a commemoration of the dead, um, not the dead of like the God of God passing over the Hebrews houses and not killing their firstborn sons in Egypt. Right. Solid. Nice. Thanks God. And then they get freed from Egypt and stuff that that celebration to me has nothing to do, like obviously has nothing to do with Christ rising, which is what Easter is about. Uh And (laughs) I didn't really associate it with like even that same time period. I sort of forgot, but like Passover is in the spring and it turns out that it's like also supposed to be celebrated in the spring. It's like a spring holiday in its own way, just like in addition to its other meanings and it's like main meaning. We're going to have a little holiday. It kind, I feel like it's kind of just like this like proto spring word and then, but it doesn't really, I still don't get then like why would the Russian word be from that word, but. And Easter also apparently is an old name, for, like comes from the name of an old English goddess of spring. Hmm. Huh. Hot. 
So it's like Jesus isn't even around. Yeah, I know. That, that's the thing is, and I feel like a lot of the times the way it's talked about is like, oh, Christianity rose up and then like it adopted things from paganism, but it really feels much more like, I don't know, together than that. Yeah. And I think that's like, I think like in Russian history, I think that's the case a lot of the times. I think in Russian history, like from what I was reading, it seems like authorities at some point tried to get rid of all of these like pagan things, debauchery festival stuff around Maslenitsa. Yeah. And like we wanted it to be not that way and then eventually gave up and just like, okay, like made it one week instead of two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, I agree. I feel like a lot of, I feel like if you just like look below the surface a tiny bit at like really any religious ritual, there's like, it's possibly like false to make this dichotomy between like yeah. pagan and Christian. Because yeah. it was the same people. Yeah. And then things get passed on. So yeah. also what you said, like whatever you have now is really related to, very much to like, at least in ritual situations to what existed for a lot of yeah. time. But yeah, the the Passover thing is really interesting to me. I'm like, I feel like there's not, people talk about that with Christianity a lot, like how pagan rituals were incorporated or not. Yeah, but the Jews but are like that separate. separate. They're like, they've been doing what they've They're been like, doing forever. We didn't forever. have any paganism. Yeah. <laughs> we knew God from older. the beginning. Because it's an older religion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. From the beginning, there was none of that <laughs> bullshit. There was no spring. <laughs> it's like, we got bagels okay. and we got Yahweh and that's it. <laughs> From the beginning of time. <laughs> I forget what the Slavic... Um, oh, wait. I think I might have that like creation story. It's kind of funny, though. God made a bleeding. Because not only is there like a paganism running through all this, but there's a lot of pancake-related things around this time of year. Like Shrove, they do pancakes. Oh, funnily enough. Um, right. IHOP has its free pancake day this Tuesday when this episode is coming out. So if you eat pancakes, get yourself over to IHOP. Um, oh my god! They were saying they're not sponsoring this podcast at all. Unfortunately, <laughs> uh, there was like I guess there's Muslim countries that do pancake stuff now. Like it, it's really like a pancakey time of year, which is nice. It's interesting. Yeah. There must be some other yeah like root of the pancake. Yeah. I mean, it's it's the proto bread, basically. I, well, you could say that's sort of similar thing about bagels. Maybe not, but like round breads. Round breads, but bagels are much more intensive. You have to like do different things. You don't have to do anything to a pancake except mix and heat. Yeah. And you just pour it onto a griddle. Yum. Would you like to hear how to make Russian blini? Okay. Yeah. In fact, and instead of just bullshitting. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm I'm not gonna tell you. I'm gonna let Polia tell you. Okay. Okay, so blini recipe. I do a vegan version, so I have whole grain flour and white flour, normally 50-50. Then I add some baking powder, a pinch of salt and sugar, oat milk and water, or almond milk, whatever milk and water, and add some sunflower oil, actually quite a lot, maybe two, three spoons of sunflower oil. It can be any sort of vegetable oil. And um, and that's it, I think so. And then I really like how Max, a friend of mine, does. He adds, instead of milk and water, he adds dark beer. So Guinness or something like that. It's really tasty. 
my babushka's recipes so there are two options either yeast one or baking powder based one so the one with yeast um you take like um well we have these little bags of yeast so you take like half of the bag of yeast so yeast um flour just white flour uh warm milk um, maybe some water, maybe 50-50. Salt and sugar, not much, like one spoon of sugar. Some smetana and one egg for like one egg per half liter of milk. Uh, about one or two spoons of sunflower. Sunflower, how do you call this? My God, sunflower, sunflower seed oil, sunflower oil. And then you let it sit for one hour, one hour and a half, so it rises a little bit. And the second recipe of my grandma is based on baking powder. And it's basically the same. So you just take some flour, white flour, um, baking powder, uh, warm milk and water, blah, 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 blah. And then you don't even have to let it sit. And then she gets so excited telling me all the recipes that she said, okay, and then to the blinis, you can all add all sorts of side dishes, um, sides, nachinka in Russian. So you can have caviar or fish. It was like thin slices of salmon or um, mushrooms, like forced mushrooms fried with onion and garlic. Also, one of the favorites to add to blinis is dried apricots with um, walnuts, all cut into small, small pieces. So a very, very important thing about pancakes, Russian blini, is that they have to be bubbly. Like they have to have this little rounds on the texture of the blin. It's very important. That's why beer is very good and yeast also. It gives a lot of little bubbles. For the, for the, for the, how are you calling that? Jeez, of course I'm fucking up the audio in the very end. For the dough. Oh my god, I can't like, believe some of the other, some of the other like funeral related rituals were really creepy. Like what? There's now like a sort of mainstream version of everything that's like, on a mass pop culture level considered to be like the traditions that people have in Russia, for example, and like, you know, pretty similar in Ukraine and Belarus. But obviously, like in more ancient times, things were practiced in different ways. And there were like regional differences. That's what I said about like some people burn the doll. Some people do a funeral for the doll. Okay. And then like the uh. doll is. Yeah. I think the burning there was, was better. Other, well, I guess it's, it makes sense if you have a funeral and it's like the. A funeral for winter or something i don't like the idea of like a body being laid out yeah and there were other like i'm not gonna be able to get into de detail because i don't remember actually maybe i will get, be able to get into detail in belarusian tradition in certain areas yeah there's like this ritual so again in specific areas at some point there were these like ritual funerals of like representing the family's grandfather or something okay. as a doll so rather than the doll being winter the doll the not a doll i'm sorry 
It's a effigy. fucking scarecrow. Okay. Scarecrow. It, it looks like, like a scarecrow. He's made of straw. It's like an American girl doll. It's like an inflatable doll. Hi, girl. <laughs> a sex doll. <laughs> it's fucked up. Yeah. Um, the plastic. And there was burning. some kind of like, like mourning ritual. Mourning. Like women, married women are supposed to like cry near the scarecrow grandfather and then they take the like it's in a coffin and then they take it to the graveyard and like pack it with snow and then burn it so it's also burned okay. but it's after a funeral okay. right so that's like a specific so that's like an example of like a specific regional thing that at one point existed and there's also some like erotic aspects to that like and then we all fuck the doll <laughs> <laughs> like actually <laughs> Fuck. Um, the to I guess this this probably is not erotic. It's probably more to just like represent that it's like the grandfather's a man. Like the scarecrow would have a pen or a phallus. Okay. Okay. But then there was also some what was like referred to as a separate tradition that was like referred to as erotic where, that includes like um, I don't also don't think this is erotic, but includes like people like publicly public nudity and like imitating Banya movements like bathing oh. themselves but they're not in a body. wait you think this is not erotic because you personally don't find it erotic or you don't think it was meant to be erotic um i don't think they felt erotic maybe it was maybe I mean, i'm, if I'm like, naked in public come on okay yeah i think it was more like a shame thing <laughs> but no i mean it is erotic obviously like you don't have to be like there's no sex involved it's just naked bodies okay <laughs> um i think the biggest surprise for me in looking at this stuff was the death death ritual yeah, yeah i didn't you know how that. people like put jesus back in christmas <laughs> no i didn't know people said what <laughs> <Well>, they do <laughs> great and we can put death back in maslanitsa put death back in maslanitsa there also used to be like traditional in in under like the umbrella of games and shit that like village people did there was like like organized fist fights between yeah men. i saw that yeah to a group of men and something about like capturing a snow fortress oh fun don't know what that means what's fun caroling basically lots of peasant fun yeah this is this is prime russian soul <laughs> territory the true and clean russian peasant yeah punching each other and fucking a scarecrow they made out of straw <laughs> No one was fucking it. They were just indicating its its, it's virile presence. That's my grandpa with the big dick. <laughs> so even though you have now, now that it's Tuesday, you've missed Maslanisa if you didn't already know, you know, have some pancakes Sorry. or something to celebrate. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. okay. You can make your own blamings. Okay. That's episode. Oh, yeah. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what else? Uh, please follow us on Twitter and Telegram at She's in Russia. Please! Sign up for our monthly image-based newsletter uh, at she'sinrussia.com. If you appreciate all the important work that we do, bringing you the best Blini recipes out there. Blini history. 
and giving you bleeding history among other many important things please support us um consider making a monthly support to us on patreon.com slash she's in russia shout out to our most recent um patron patron amy who also sent us a very nice message on patreon which i will reply to soon yay amy (laughs) (laughs) we love you thank you so much um lastly our other project fortichka uh has an instagram and on that instagram it has a link to depop <laughs> it has a link to a place where you can buy the leftover inventory from our pop-up there's lots of cool russian fashion stuff so go take a look at that and you can buy it and smith will use her grubby little hands to pack it and yep. send it off to you yep yep yep, yep. <laughs> um that's it okay, okay. see you next, see you next week, week. Bye. goodbye See about off, eat a bar, open that baby with a red dry.